Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast, the England Cricket Show, with me, James Hill, Usman Awan, Andy Harrison, and Will Parton, your latest dose of all things England Cricket. And welcome back to the Cow Corner Podcast and Series 2 of the England Cricket Show. I'm James Hill and I am once again joined by Will Parton. How are we, Will? Not too bad, cheers, mate. Not too bad. Yeah, almost kind of forgotten the ashes. It's kind of at the back of my mind. It seems like even quite a while ago since it's happened. And uh, as we'll go on to talk about, there's been quite a bit of change since. Yeah, no, quite a lot of stuff's happened over the course of the what three test matches completely flipping his head hasn't it yeah it's been quite interesting and we are joined by a new host a new guest whatever you want to call it new host and Usman Awan who for anyone who has listened to the Birmingham League podcasts uh came on and had a fantastic guest slot so we thought why not make it permanent and bring him on to the England Cricket Show how are we Ozzy yeah very good thanks mate very good thanks James how are you yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Kind of. I don't know whether I'm looking forward to this test series or not, really. But um, <laughs> why not? Let's 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 try and break it down. So, uh, for people who don't know about you, Ozzy, give us a quick introduction to yourself. Yeah. Um, so I currently play cricket at Mostly Cricket Club. Um, I'm the first team captain there. I've been there for about 16, 16 odd years now. Um, playing in the Birmingham League, and every now and then playing against Will and getting smashed by him. So. I'm happy to be here. Will obviously <laughs> playing for Shrewsbury Cricket Club. If if you haven't listened before, if you haven't listened before, welcome. And uh, we're we'll... playing against each other this weekend, actually. So uh, yeah. if you get your editing out in time, <laughs> <laughs> I have said I'm going to try and get the turnaround much quicker at the moment. And um, we are joined also by Andy Harrison. How are we, Andy? He's not here. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Andy's Andy's currently stuck on a tube trying to get back in time to uh, in time to record, but uh, so he will drop in at some point. So without further ado, let's crack on. Right, so as Bob Dylan said, the times they are changing and it's uh, all changing quite quickly. England losing the last test series and all of a sudden new test captaincy, new managing director of men's cricket and a new men's test cricket head coach. So we'll start off with the first one and Rob Key, managing director of men's cricket for England. What are our initial thoughts on that? You know, I didn't. I didn't expect that to happen. It was a bit of a when you start seeing rumors on on Twitter thing that that he might get appointed. That was not the name I thought they were going to go for, which I think is a good thing, right? Because they've gone for somebody different. They're not going for somebody who's a conventional um, in the system. I think they've gone for somebody outside. So I think that's. A, I think it's going to be a good thing. The one thing I'm just not concerned, but just thinking would be interesting is does he didn't evolve? Does he change? Because he's quite openly spoken person. He's quite you know down to the point, frank. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he changes his method now that he's ultimately the boss of men's cricket because um, he's got a lot of friends in that in that circle. So that'd be the interesting point. But, you know, it'd be, it'd be good to see how he goes. Yeah, it seems like they've gone with somebody who um, is uh, seeing cricket from all different points of view, isn't it? Like you say, if he's part of the system coming through, he'd be part of the problem. Somebody who's like in the way of ECB ways or something like that, they'll come through and they'll just carry on old habits person's coming completely fresh you know, new eyes new face might have new ideas um and isn't probably gonna think oh i shouldn't do that or i shouldn't say that or this person might think that i'm gonna do what he thinks is right maybe that maybe that will change like you say maybe it will change. So, oh it felt, it felt like if, yeah it felt like it got a little bit corporate as well didn't they the way some of them were speaking it just felt like a very corporate kind of, yeah and i think he yeah. might break that barrier he might just be a little bit more frank and open about issues or concerns that he's facing so i think that'd be that'd be again i'm looking forward to seeing how that works out because he's a media person as well it might be that he's he's it's easier for him to express what he thinks knows what mm. is what he can and can't say but can say it in a good way you know he can articulate himself a lot better in front of media in front of a camera you know when he's difficult question you can't just sit on the fence as yeah. a commentator or something you've got to have an opinion so he's yeah like you say he's going to be good at voicing that yeah I think from from my perspective it was as you've both mentioned it was something that kind of came out of the well didn't really come out of the blue because there were a few murmurings that it may happen but I I always I always thought that we may go for someone a bit different someone I don't know I'm I'm very much on the fence about the decision not 100% sure whether it's the correct one yet. You don't know till he's done it, do you? No, yeah. but it's it's <laughs> one of those. It's it's either going to be a masterstroke or, or a complete failure. It's, I don't see this kind of peddling along. I think, I don't know, what what would we say uh, his criteria, what, what would you say his goals have got to be? What would you say he's got to be measured on for him to be judged as a success? And what has he got to avoid? I think he has to, like, I think the test team initially has to start winning. Or competing, I think they they are so easy to play against and, and beat. As we've seen, like that stat is quite famous now. It's only like one Test match in seventeen that they have won, something like that. Yeah, so I think yeah, so I think that's one thing they have to do is um, and ultimately I think he'll be judged on not just results but the appointments that he makes. I think that's when you're when you're the boss. It's not so much he can't directly impact the results, but I think he can. He'll be judged on the people that he hired to do the job. Um, yeah. 
So I think that'll be the interesting, which again, I'm sure we'll come on to in a second, but he's made some, he's made some bold decisions as well in terms of appointing people, um, which kind of goes with his character. So it'd be interesting to see if, you know, if that, that kind of pays off and keeps him in a job, I guess. So he did the similar sort of role at Kent, didn't he? He had like a while ago, before he was a commentator, he had a sort of a director role there. So it's not like this sort of position is new to him. It's a much but I think the, the selection is one of the things that has got to get right first. I think England probably have the players, but the right players aren't being picked at the right time or players aren't being managed the way they're supposed to be managed. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the things. I mean, it's not just test cricket. It's, it's got to fall down. I think his, his goal is to, you know, you can't just fix test cricket overnight. Mm-hmm. When people put their test team out, we'll talk about it probably, won't we? But um, what changes can you really make? right now unless you just attack everybody and start again yeah it's not something you can do it's like you say it's it's, it's a long period of time what he's got so i don't think you know his his main changes will come directly in the team now his everything he's going to do is going to be building up for in a few years time isn't it we've obviously mentioned about his media career and how that has helped and everything that i've seen from newspaper journalists and you know, social media journalists now, you know, nowadays is a lot of them were quite positive about the initial meetings that he had with all of them about what his plan is and where he expects us to go. But do you think that his previous media career might actually kind of hamper him moving forwards? People already feel as though they know who he is, what his ideas might be. They kind of have an idea in their head of who Robert Key is, whereas someone who you probably may not seen uh, as much and, heard talk as much you kind of you know you've not got any preconceptions you've not got any kind of judgment on who you think they are as a person really probably work both ways because he's he's always very biased you know for people he knows or that come from his county so if you ended up having a bit of that you might get a bit of stick for that but it might work the other way around where he's um because he's such a recognizable face people will say oh this guy knows we know that he knows what he's talking about whereas previous bosses People who just play casually or don't know much about who where people come from might think, "Oh, who's this guy? What did he play? What?" Unless you have to actually look him up, he's always there. Everyone knows he played for England. Everyone knows he's had all these jobs. And like I said before, he's when you're involved in decision making, you're in that little bubble that you get. You cut yourself off a bit from what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. All goals, you do what you think. You think it's the right, and you don't see the bigger picture what everyone else sees. But he's seen that. So he's probably been in, in the dressing room, talking to all these people, look, looking at on the TV, talking to other people who express their concerns or displeasure or what they like and what they don't like more so than what people are in the bubble of the management team at the time. It's the same, it's the same isn't it? You probably find it, don't you, Izzy, when you're picking your side on a Saturday, everyone's got their opinion. Okay? Yeah. Somebody, look, somebody looking from the third team or coming in spectating or going, oh, why isn't this person playing? Why isn't this person playing? Why have you picked him? But, you know, you have your own idea of how it is and you don't always see what other people see. Yeah, and I think what you tend to do is just identify the people that whose opinion you really want to take on. And yeah, that's one thing yeah. you do, right? So you, you, you're absolutely right. You'll have the second team or the third team captain or second team players, third team players, even some first team players talking about who should come in or their opinion on what the side should look like. But I think you then, as a leader, then think, okay, who is it, who are the handful of people that I trust to have a conversation with and get their opinion? But I think going back to your point, James, I think, in fact, I actually think his career in media will help him. 
um, but the fact that I think he will probably get more leeway than a lot of people would have because I think he's got those relationships in the media and I think he's also got not just you know but those relationships comes like he, he's got connections all over the world in terms of advice that he could take on from people so I think his media career will probably help him rather than hamper him too much mm. um, but ultimately I think he will he will stay in a job if he gets the big decisions right and if England can start winning games that's simple as that yeah so let's have a look at two of the uh, first decisions and the new England men's test cricket head coach. So one of the first decisions is we've brought in a head coach for white ball and for test cricket and the test cricket head coach is none other than Brendan McCullum. So thoughts on splitting the job role and also thoughts on our new head coach. I thought it was a typo when they released that. Saying he's a red ball coach. I thought they meant the white ball coach. Um, but the, more than you, I think on the, on the splitting, I think it's the right decision. I think it just, England, I think the start of England playing more than anyone else and travel more than everyone else, just one person doing that, it's just not sustainable. Um, yeah. You know, so I think they had to split that. And he's a big, he's been talking about that for a while, hasn't he? Talking about splitting if he was in charge, which he has done. And when Brendan would come, I think initially I was like, we're either going to get 500 by day two or we're going to be out by lunch. But when you He's listen not to batting, him, remember. Yeah. <laughs> so we were out by lunch. But I think, I think because <laughs> since, I, since I've watched him with his interviews, he actually has, hasn't, he's spoken a lot about, I'm not going to technically talk to people and try to coach people because they're good enough. I'm more around um, building a culture, an environment um, so, they can, so they can thrive in. I think that's going to be quite important and key. And I think so. I think it's really interesting. And the one feedback that you get a lot for by England players is they're playing the sh- they play within themselves a lot. I mean, who else to take shackles off and break the shackles than than Brendan McCullum? Yeah, um, you're probably so, right, aren't you? you? Look at the way um, Mead ended up finishing his second stint, stuck in that box, whatever it was that he was in. You know, which he couldn't seem to break out of. Yeah, but that, that that fits straight into what you said there, doesn't it? Like a little bit of confidence and just to go out there and play your game, you know, might have been might have been might not You could just you could just imagine, right? I reckon as he gets comfortable in that job, I reckon those test players will feel like they they are ten feet tall. That he will, when yeah. they walk out, he will make them feel like chums of the world. That, um, that you might do that just by walking in the room, though. Yeah, True. <laughs> like I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I think so. I think that'd be. I think it's quite exciting. That's I think of the three, that appointment is probably the most exciting one for me as an England fan. It's all, it's also impossible to not do it split now, isn't it? When you look at the schedule, mm. no way you can have it. It's hands are tied really by the scheduling on that. You had to you had to many different, or you would have had to appoint two people, then split and manage it between them. One would go somewhere, one would go, and then they'd eventually meet up and do, you know, the yeah. same role. Yeah. yeah. That was the only other way of doing it, and that probably wouldn't work. Do you think that his appointment gives us any ideas of the way that English Test cricket is going to move forwards in regards to an, a game plan? Not that's, really. Yeah, that, that's a hard. Yeah, that's harder because it's, it's so they play all over the world with different, you know, obviously oppositions and conditions. They're not going to have a game plan as such. I think. I think it'd be more. It will tell us a lot about the culture and the environment more than anything else. I think the culture is going to be a positive culture. If there's a chance of winning the game, you can you can see that England will try to win that game. I think under Root and Silverwood, if there was a chance to win the game but it had a risk associated to it, 
they'll settle for a draw. But I reckon that this this regime will be there's a five percent, ten percent chance we can win this game. But I think they'll go for it. Yeah, you can normally tell how somebody's going to be by how they play cricket, and he was quite a big person, wasn't he? Not in the way he sort of very competitive, wasn't he? Um, he was probably very vocal. Yeah, you know, you, you you can some coaches who you don't really hear much. You know, they, they go by and you can they can be somebody like Langer who went to the Australian side. There's probably no doubt about how he would be to be around the person. By the way, he went about his cricket. You probably hope probably what they wanted to be going in to manage that test team a bit more of a harder face, maybe. Yeah, a bit more than somebody's going to rock it up. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't realise he'd played 100 test matches. I didn't, I didn't yeah. realise he played that many. Um, didn't miss many, did he? Yeah, yeah, that was surprising. But I think, I guess the other thing that's going to help, that would have helped him during the process is, like he's got experience of changing a losing side into a winning side. I think that New Zealand team that he took over, they were a pretty poor side when he took over. And then he had that all the issue with Ross Taylor and stuff. So I think, you know, him taking over, it's such a positive impact. So I think he can sit there and say, I've actually been through what you need to go through. Yeah. Um, so I think that will help him be successful in this job as well. He was probably, when he started, he was just, in, uh, if he was starting out now, he wouldn't play 100 test matches. One, because of the schedule, and two, because white ball's just so much a bigger game when he first started, it wasn't mm. It wasn't as big a thing, was it? All the franchises weren't there and the lure wasn't there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, thinking, sorry, thinking back as well, didn't he, I'm sure he played a test match really bad at night. And then he like, probably. wasn't he one of those players that just worked his way up? And then ended up opening the test matches. I feel like I feel like instances like that or experiences like that says a lot about the person. And I think he would probably want to, you know, generate that kind of energy in terms of succeeding and working way your way up within the England team. Because um, I'm pretty sure he, I'm pretty sure he batted low middle order um, when he started, and then obviously ended up opening the batting or top order when he when he retired. Like well, yeah, like you say, he's got he's got experience of. Going from the bottom to the top, hasn't it? And that's yeah. what England needs. They need somebody who's been through that, who knows yeah. how it was, knows how it was done, who was one of the key figures in doing that. Mm. Um, you knew what worked, knew what didn't work. Um, being it, you know, have the highest of the high after getting there and winning competitions or whatever it was, but also being at the lowest of the low and knowing how that feels, knowing how to react yeah. and how to deal with people who are going through that for the first time. And how he felt. You know, that's that's all really important, isn't it? It's all yeah. well knowing how to win, but it's knowing what to do once you once you're down there to get back up is completely different, isn't it? On his list of goals, what do you think he'll be looking to target? I think it's definitely gonna be on one of them will be the batting in test cricket, how the team bats. I think that's gotta be up there. Um what was the stat around like they haven't scored four hundred in so many matches or I think scored it once on a flat one against whoever it was. Um, so even three hundred wasn't it? it? Wasn't three hundred like a big? Uh, maybe might be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. three hundred. Um, and that was in a losing test match as well. So I think um, it's going to be getting this team to bat longer and better. It's definitely going to be. And then I guess, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on, the succession planning of the bowlers. Mm-hmm. Maybe two things. I think. Um, well, we'll talk about that after. You got injuries to players on the list. We'll talk about. Mm. Bring it up there. <laughs> Yeah, we just mentioned bowlers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We mentioned well, a bowler usually involves an injury these days, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> no matter what standard you play. 
a little bit yes yeah. as we as you as you mentioned that'll be something that we'll bring up a bit later so the next big appointment would we say it's the biggest of them all england men's test captain and it is one ben stokes so quite the comeback for stokes after everything he's been through over the last few years did you ever see him becoming test captain and also was there any other option i didn't see it um i thought it was after ever had to have that time out of the game for that particular reason to then go and take on possibly the most difficult and most scrutinized job in cricket was a was quite a bold move but if you're in the right place to take it you're in the right place if he wasn't he would have said no unless he felt obliged to do it i don't know but personally i thought they were going to go down the road of an interim potentially until they found somebody but because the last succession of england captains have been who's the best player who's the only player who's going to get picked every week Sometimes that's your only choice, isn't it? And Australia went a different way. The leadership figure, um, who was going to have to play every game. But I don't know, obviously, but Ben Stokes probably is that person, I guess. See, I thought it was always going to happen. I thought when Root stepped down, it's going to be Ben Stokes because you. it's very rare that you know bowlers, especially fast bowlers, make good captains. It's very, very rare. Um, and there's nobody else. And the fact that I think even I think Robkey said even if there was somebody else you would always give it to Ben Stokes. I think he's got that leadership quality of just you know the way he communicates and I think he will probably a bit like Brendan McCollum he'll probably get that, that extra little bit out of the players. So I always thought I think he'll get it straight away. Um, yeah, I think that was a pretty I think that of the decisions that he's made I think that's the easiest one that Robkey probably would have had to make to ask if Ben Stokes wants to. I think you, the point you make about his mental health break I think is a very good one. Um, and I'm sure there was a conversation around it, but I think as long as he said he says I'm okay, I think there was nobody else that could captain this side going forward. I think especially when he was doing like hiring new coaches and new coaching structure, getting an interim just kind of goes opposite that, doesn't it? Because you're basically saying we're doing a reset, but the captaincy, yeah. the one of the most important, will give it to somebody that won't have it for a long time. So is that really a reset? So I think they had to have somebody long term, which I think he's the yeah, only the other one. It all depended on what their plan was for the current side, wasn't it? Is this going to be yeah. someone who's invested for the for the full term? This is a five-year plan. You're the man to lead it. Or is this something where we look, you know, this is the England side for six months while we were well, one year or however it is. We're going to look yeah. to bring players in and then we'll have a side with a new rule mold for England captain. You know, that, that's 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 all that I might go down. Is, um, but that probably would have been more frowned upon. And I wonder, I wonder if he knew in the winter because it was quite interesting because Root pulled out the IPL, not that he, I don't think he got picked, and then Ben Stokes pulled out the IPL as well. So I wonder if they had like an inkling that this might happen. Um, I think the logistics look pretty, or not the logistics. I think I think it looks pretty, looks pretty bad if somebody's appointed as a Red Bull captain and he's out playing franchise cricket in India, and that would have looked yeah. pretty, pretty bad. So I think I wonder if he had if he had an idea this might happen. Um, hence why I stayed here. Talking about that then, do you think that, going back to a question that we've already mentioned, do you think that that's going to be one of the biggest jobs that Brendan McCullum and Rob Key have to do in managing Stokes' workload? Probably. I mean, it's a lot. There's always already a lot of pressure on him to perform, isn't there? Or he'll make something happen and Stokes will change the game. You know, there's already a lot on his shoulders and now he's got this as well I, I don't know it's some people really thrive don't they you know I think Steve Smith's stats 
better when he's captain, aren't they? Batting yeah. average like 10 or 15 more when he was captain. You know, I think Root's done pretty well when he's been captain. Um, but some people don't. You don't know until they're really in it. Has he done much in the way of his captaincy other than this role, other than the one test match and vice, obviously, all the time? Yeah, I think I think about that would be um, sure they'll have to talk about that in terms of structuring it. So he isn't, he has that kind of break, he has that kind of rest period between um, changing formats and, and traveling. So, but, uh, you know, it's the same for everyone else, man. It's the same for other captains around the world who are playing different formats and same. So I think I think sometimes we kind of make it like, oh, it's such a big thing that he has to play so much cricket. But I think a lot of people are doing it. So it's like, you know, just you kind of get on with it at times. And I think, I feel like Brendan McCullum's view is always going to be that you just you just get on with it rather than we need to we need to protect Ben Stokes. I think it's not, he just needs to get on and play cricket. Yeah. I, wonder, no, I, think no. he, I think he got on that route. Who do you think they'll be his number two? Because if that's, of managing his workload, you know, he can't miss any tests managing workloads. It's probably the other cricket he misses, isn't it? So it'll be all white ball cricket that will suffer unless you have somebody who's going to really be workers like the number two. Mm. Do, do you, do you, I think that they must feel so confident in England's white ball side that they think that he basically doesn't really need to play unless it's a World Cup potentially or a big series maybe. It's not a bad job, actually. I think he hasn't played that much recently and they've been doing okay. But I think there was, he was still obviously walking to that team if he was available. Mm. Um, but you're right. I think when it comes to the crunch games, the crunch tournaments, they would just say like, he, he, he has to play. Um, I'm sure he would say I'd want to play every single game. That might be one yeah. where the managers work on, actually, is he plays the big ones and then his friendlies against smaller nations that he doesn't play. I'm actually going back to go back to your point, but I think it's interesting. Who would be the vice captain? They haven't announced one, have they? Not that I've seen. No. Yeah, would you pick it? The only Give person there who's, who's best, though, I don't know if that's somebody they're going to want to go with. It's the only other, unless they go with a senior, like they could go with an interim vice. Um, they could go with, well, he can't go broader Anderson. You know if they're going to play it. So I don't know. I don't know who you pick, to be honest. I really don't. Give it to Joe Root. <laughs> <laughs> Just swap him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Talking of Joe Root, how do you how do you think that not having the Test captaincy will affect his cricket? I mean, he's just come off a record-breaking year. Do you, it, it sounds sounds stupid to say. Do you think he can go better than that? But um, you know, probably more time to focus on his cricket, on his batting. You never know; yeah. he might go better. Yeah, yeah. He's just going to spend all his time batting, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because we're talking about. I think it was a different. Ravi Nasser was in like a Sky Sports thing. He was talking about all the things that he would have had to deal with underperforming team, to travel during COVID. And it's obviously a young family as well. You know, cautious about his captaincy that a lot of people were quite vocal about. To have all of that and to still score wasn't like 1,600 test runs in a calendar year is ridiculous. So imagine taking most of that away. He, he, could, he, could, have a, he could have an amazing year. Um, could have had more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think... Uh, I think I think you can you can I'm sure you will go either way obviously but um, yeah I back it I back him to I back him to score runs and be more free than to struggle without the captaincy. Okay, right. So let's move ourselves on to the next subject, and we're going to talk about the teams selected and the squads selected for this test series. The Cow Corner Podcast is sponsored by Warwickshire Cricket Club and Birmingham Bears. 
The Vitality T20 Bast Cricket is back at Edgebaston. World Cup winner, West Indies star and Nolan Dorridge all-rounder Carlos Brathwaite will lead the Birmingham Bears this summer in a side packed with stars. If you've never attended a game before, it's a cracking night out with live music, inflatables and giveaways. Now, this is the main one. With their Club Together initiative, local clubs can get access to discounted group tickets and compete to win some special prizes, including... £1,000 in sponsorship from Scriven's Opticians. I know us at the podcast, we're going to be going down on Sunday, so I can't wait for that. <laughs> and uh, there will be some uh, <laughs> some opportunities to uh, get some. We are going to be getting some of the lads on some of these podcasts, including this England cricket podcast and our Birmingham League one, for those of you who listen to that. But yeah, there will be plenty of stars out in force. And if you haven't already and you don't know about it, we do have a ticket giveaway, which is going on at the moment. We are giving away four tickets to see the Birmingham Bears in action at Edgebaston against the Yorkshire Vikings on Friday the 10th of June. And all we want to hear from you is your funniest cricketing story. So... Get your funniest cricketing story into us at cowcornerpodcast at gmail.com. We've already had some absolute stonkers. They're unbelievable, some of these that are coming through into the emails, including one which I'm very much going to have to censor the names because I don't think the player will be able to walk into <laughs> walk onto a cricket pitch ever again. Um, a fantastic story about a club shower and a toilet that didn't work. But um, we will be reading these out and um, we will let you guys obviously judge who will be the winner. But yeah, make sure you get those into us uh, at cowcornerpodcast at gmail.com. Send in your best cricketing story or alternatively, send us a message on our Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. You can get us on Twitter on at cowcornerpod or on Facebook and Instagram. Search for cowcornerpodcast. Anyway, back on with the show, guys. <laughs> so, as mentioned, Brendan McCullum, Rob Key and Ben Stokes have announced their first England side for this test series where they welcome the world test champions, New Zealand. And the England squad for the first two tests is Captain Ben Stokes, James Anderson makes his return. Johnny Bairstow. Stuart Broad also returns. Debutant Harry Brook. Zach Crawley. Ben Folkes. Jack Leach. Alex Lees. Craig Overton. Another debutant, Matthew Potts. Ollie Pope. And Joe Root. So before we go on to the New Zealand squad... Initial thoughts on that, guys. Obviously, the main takeaways are a return for Anderson and Broad and first call-ups for Harry Brook and Matthew Potts. Though a lot of the chat on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram was the omission of a certain spinner from Lancashire. So what are our initial thoughts, guys? I thought Broad and Anderson have to come back. I thought leaving them out was... Of a bold move, ridiculous. But, yeah, it didn't. It didn't obviously pay off. Um, so they have to play, uh, or they have to be in the squad. So I'm glad they are. Um, they are back. 
it'll be interesting. I, I, I'm still, I think, I think somebody made a point that we, we we sometimes pick teams for like thinking too far ahead, rather than we've lost one in seventeen. What's the best eleven? I think that's the. It's a very good quote that Brendan McCullum um, said today, which which was, you know, you 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 plan to live forever, but you live like tomorrow's your last day, and then which is quite interesting. I think he he says that you know obviously you don't look too far ahead. You play. I think he's trying to say we will play our best eleven and. How anyone can argue that James Anderson Broad are not in their best eleven is is crazy. So I think they have to play. And I was also surprised that Harry that Matt Parkinson didn't get picked. I think the kind of social media hype around it and how well he's been bowling in for Lancashire. I know it's a little bit different because Old Trafford absolutely turns square and Lords doesn't. So I think that was that must play a part. But I still think he's a, probably a better spinner than Jack Leach to be in that test side. He could have he could have a wrist spinner as well. Yeah, so the first two tests I mentioned, because obviously this is the squad for the first two tests, are at Lords and at Trent Bridge. Do you think that that's had much of an impact on selection? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know how you do. I, I, I think, think so. Go. I think Podcast so. first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think so. I think I think they, if this if one of them was at Old Trafford or Southampton or even over where it turns, I think we probably would have seen a spinner who, play, who turns the ball more. Be picked. I think Trembridge and, and and Lords are probably seamer friendly. So I must have thought we could they could get away with not playing Jack Leach in these two test matches. Have Joe Root as a spinner. Um, so where so, do you know where the third test matches? It is at Headingley. Seamer friendly as well. So take that. Matt Parker someone played the summer <laughs> or at least start start the summer anyway. Um, but no, I, I do think venue played a part in that selection. Will well, when you put it that way, you're probably right. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought we were about to have some uh, debate then. No, you might, you might be right. Cause, um, I think uh, in the last few years, uh, test matches were a lot earlier in the year, weren't they? We played them quite earlier than this. We played that Ireland, wasn't it? Yeah, like, wasn't it beginning of May or sort of like or early April, wasn't it? Something mm. like that. It was ridiculous. Um, and then they play sort of September. Um, so. Is that going to leave much room for a second spinner in the squad? Probably isn't, isn't it? But also, we're, you know, we're, it's not like we're, I had to go overseas, you know. Um, every England player in the country is available. You know, you all have to do is call them up. So, yeah. Part of the team at the moment. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of the England players coming into this test series with significant amount of county championship games behind them. Uh, which is only positive. But my one question, obviously, Matt Parkinson, It's this is not the uh, first time he's been overlooked and he's, there's been quite a fair few combinations of head coach um, who have overlooked him. Is is it starting to think that they know something that maybe we don't? Um, he's got a lot of tours and not played, hasn't he? Yeah. I wonder, they, I wonder if they're scarred from bringing spinners, mainly, mainly wrist spinners, too early and then them not succeeding so maybe maybe with him they're like you know let's take our time a little bit let him really you know understand his games as a as a wrist spinner but but then saying that i think he's was it like mid 20s now mid late 20s so it's far more experienced now so i wonder if that's the thinking that you know they've you can think you can, you can think of all the young spinners have come in not done so well and then not been played not played after so maybe they thought you know what with parkinson we'll, we'll give him that extra bit of time to really embed in county cricket. But, mm. um, so I think, 
And also, I'm not sure if you know if they if they were playing at Old Trafford, for example, or Southampton. I doubt if they would go with two spinners. Or, or actually, they would. And then I think he he wouldn't have to play, being the second best spinner um, in that side if they if they picked him. Yeah. So as you mentioned, 25, and so still got plenty of cricket left in him, but. Yeah, being an unused member of the squad that lost to the West Indies and also toured Australia with the Lions and not making the Ashes side and missed out on a test debut on the tour of Sri Lanka and India last year. You know, how do you think that that's going to affect Parkinson? Do you think that, do you, would you would you start worrying that you, you may not get your chance? Depends how they've worded it to him. Because if you say what was you just said there and... And you look at, they've got three tests in, you know, in places where spinners really do well. That's just playing this test series, isn't it? And when you, if you look at the Ashes, it'll be poor. And they didn't pick the right side for the right grounds. We're looking at what bowlers they needed to play at grounds in the future rather than concentrate on who was going to play in this game now and winning this game. So they probably looked at this game and all, all these three and thought, we don't need two spinners in this squad, but they explain that to him properly. Whereas, like, look, this isn't rather than bring him into the squad, miss out on all this cricket, go and just carry on playing and doing what you're doing. Don't disturb what he's doing so well at the moment. Carry on because when we move to grounds later in the year, or maybe he's going to be part of the white ball, maybe that's where they they're where they see him rather than red ball. Maybe that's the squad he's going to be in the series that they plan to integrate more into the. English cricket, you know, international cricket. We don't know what they're not just going to say you're not picked and send them a text, are they? With a brand new management, they're going to do things properly. It's like you're not playing or press. That's not going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. So I imagine, yeah. And I also wonder, like, uh, I haven't got his stats in front of me, but how for how long has he been actually really bossing Championship cricket? I think mm. you that that plays a part. You don't want to you don't want to get picked on one good year or one and a half, you know, eighteen months of good cricket, because I think that's what happens. That's what happened with a lot of young spinners is they get picked too soon, don't do so well, and then they go away playing kind of cricket and they really, you know, learn the craft of spin bowling and then they get selected. Like I think Graham Swan's a great example. He got picked too early, got put aside, you know, mastered it in in first class cricket, and then he when he when he was ready, he came back and obviously lost it in test cricket so yeah. I wonder if that's part of the thinking is you maybe has had one or two good years but have three four good years yeah. so when you're in the test side you've experienced the highs of lows of not bowling well and, and highs of you know winning games and you take that into test cricket I think I wonder if they which I think is the right way of going about it I wonder if they're doing that with, with Parkinson but Mason I think for Craig, that, I think, good example absolutely 100% yeah um, but I, I do wonder for the, for this test series. I think you look at those fixtures, look at, look at those venues, um, Edgbaston, Trembridge, and Headingley. I mean, that's they couldn't get in three more seamer friendlier venues. It'd be good to know after the third test match how many overs Leach has bowled if he's played. And I bet mm. it's a very small percentage because I think seamers will bowl most of the overs. We should do that as part of this podcast series. We should just track his overs. <laughs> and I bet percentage-wise, it won't be that high because I think they'll seem as a bowl a lot of overs this this series. Take a guess at percentage. I would say out of hundred overs, how many is he going to bowl? And you've probably got five bowlers in here. Yeah, with Joe Root, Joe Root's going to bowl. Other hundred overs, probably going to bowl five. 
15 to 20%. 15 to 20. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Yeah. I think he will at the test series, I think he will bowl. Actually, end of the test three to three test matches, I think he would have bowled. If he played all three, I think he would have bowled. My guess would be about 15, 20% of the overs. And the rest would be. Yeah, because your spinner should be bowling on average slightly more than you see in green. Yeah. Yeah. Because second innings, you want your spinner should come in and wicket should break up and you know, should be trying to win the game. But I think you look at Headingley and and I'm sure England going to Henley matches without a spinner anyway. I think in the Ashes, yeah. Leeds got a drop. And Trembridge, I think it's just James Anderson venue. I think he'll clean up at Trembridge, um, as he always does. Lords that hardly spins. Um, actually, of the three, that probably the one that spins the most. Um, but I think as a percentage, I think he would he would probably bowl 20% of, 15, 20% of England's overs. So again, why, why would Parkinson play in that and not bother that many I think it's, the decision is would be probably just go keep playing championship cricket keep winning games get better that when, when we go into spinner, spinner friendly wickets you 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 play a part and you try to win those games yeah Emily you end up just holding the nets a while on practice use practice yeah that's all we're doing that's all he has done in yeah. that years not worked yeah Parkinson's played 37 37- First class games, 60 innings, uh, and got 126 wickets with a best of seven for 126 and an econ of 2.65 and an average of 23.8 and a strike rate of 53.8. He's got six four wicket hauls and four five wicket hauls. Um, I think last year he got 36 wickets in the county championship. That's not a lot. So, really, how many no. games he's played? Well, you've got to think as well he's been take, he's also been carrying bottles <laughs> yeah and, that, and that's the point isn't it it's so 2022 is a bit of a write-off because they want to play that much cricket with mm. COVID and then 2021 36 wickets 2022 he's obviously bowling really well right now is that enough to say you'd be a lead spinner in going into a summer I'm not sure I think the right no. decision is just carry on doing what you're doing and when we go into spinner friendly wickets, you, you should play a part into that. I think it's because right it's something different, isn't it? If he was just another off spinner, would we be talking about him as much? Probably not. No. It's something so, different, it's, isn't it? So that's why. So, so I never dig off spinners. Well, no, no, no. It's just if, but if, <laughs> if, um, <laughs> if Leach was a wrist spinner and and he was an off they said, all oh, England needs something different. Maybe they need a regular mm. off spinner in the side. Yeah. If he was just, if he was just an off spinner, an off spinner coming into the side, they might say, well, 
is he better than our current off spinner? Mm. Can you so, stop saying but, just an off spinner, please? <laughs> I take it personally when you say just an off spinner. <laughs> but I get no, your point. No, no, just another yeah. off spinner as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's a valid point. I think that's a, a, a completely makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, in April, uh, Parkinson mentioned about county pitches in England and said that he thinks that they're holding back the development of English spinners uh, and their development. He says uh, that he's very lucky to be one of few spinners in the country who will play 90% of the games. He said, you have a, a generic county seamer who has played 60 or 70 first-class games because he's part of a four-man seam attack. I'm almost 26 and have played 32 games. You're never going to improve, though, if you're not playing. There does need to be a shift towards producing flatter pitches to bring spinners into the game. Couldn't agree more, mate. I couldn't agree. I think you, having been around that kind of circle um, as a player, then just a little bit as a bit, bit friends in that circle, I think I completely understand where he's coming from because I, I, I counted knowing that they're going to have spinner, seamer-friendly wickets. The game's hardly going to go three, four days. Um, you pick, you know, a dibbly doubler on more occasions than you would a proper spinner to spin you to to win your games with spin. Um, so that's why guys who are not going to go on to play test cricket or not going to go on to get play a higher standard are getting more experience than the guys who probably would. Um, so, you know, as controversial as that article was, I completely agree with, with what he's saying. Mm. And you can sense Look, a little bit of frustration yeah. from him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't really like watching the county highlights that much, you know, because it is a bit, you know, this guy bold, the same as what we faced on Saturday. And it almost looks hard, you know, it, it looks like the playing on club pitches, like it, you know, it's it difficult. Yeah, and you know that you think, well, I goes and makes the step up, you be getting whacked everywhere, and they don't. Um, and but then you look at the Sheffield Shield in Australia, and I like watching highlights of that. There are no delivers; it's all quicks. It's all you know, proper spinner. You get a lot of runs and get proper wickets. You know, it looks tougher cricket. You know. Um, Rather than the, than the championship stuff, in a different way, you know, not more in English, English condition. They've got the facilities to tailor to tailor Do you know what's interesting? The last few spinners to play for England have all come from counties that have got spin-friendly surfaces. So look at Somerset, Jack Leach, and 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 Don Bess, Old Trafford, uh, Leach, and I think Moyne's been an exception because obviously he's a batter bowler. Um, yeah, come through trying to go other spinners. I think the next Rashid. one we talk about, yeah, uh, Rashid's, um, oh, he's more, Rashid's he's, got, he's, come, through, he's, come, he's come, through, come through white ball, hasn't he? More so than, yeah, and then Amavardi, the other one who gets talked about from Surrey, which I know it turns a lot as well. So, like, you know, that's not to say I'm sure there's spinners with you know, Nottingham and, and, and Derbyshire would always have good spinners as well. Other, other counties would have good spinners, but they just don't get enough. Exposure because they're playing a spin a CCMA friendly wickets. I think I think one of the reasons it's spoken about as much as it is and why it's such a, a big talking point is pretty much what we were just mentioning there. Graham Swan, his introduction to the England team was pivotal in England's success and England becoming the number one test side in yeah. the world. And then he left and it's made a really big gap. And as, as we've mentioned, we've gone through quite a few and we kind of landed on Jack Leach, but no one's really, well, 
they're, they're, he, he's got his own hardcore following but I mean outside of that it's I don't think that many other people apart from the fact that he's kind of got these that quintessential English fan favorite the kind of not you know it's that one run that he got yeah. isn't it yeah <laughs> it's that yeah. one run but I think if you look back I think you mentioned earlier well in terms of spinner should come in second innings in games can you think of a test match where he got six for or a seven foot to win the game. I was just thinking that, like, spinners are supposed to bowl sides out. Yeah. That's what they do. They come in on a difficult you know, day five, end of day four, and they'll bowl a side out, and the ball's not swinging, and the ball's yeah. old, really difficult to come back. It's a different down now. Yeah, he's not that, is he? And maybe that's because England aren't taking test deep enough for him to actually take effect. Yeah. You get beaten in three days. Yeah, maybe coming and take effect. I mean, but he kind of he kind of excuses right? he, He's bowling yeah. Sri Lanka. He's bowling India. He's bowling West Indies. Bowling you know these places that he does turn, and he, mm. I can't remember too many times where he's got a six for a seven for to win England game. That's stuff like Swan was doing or Moe's yeah. done occasionally. Not even six firs and five yeah. though. Like Swan, he used to come on and it was a thing, wasn't it? He'd always get. A wicket with his yeah, first all over, around the world. you know he what I mean? Yeah. All the time, time it was just, and you need someone who can come on and make an impact rather than you. You kind of feel like Leach. The only kind of benefit for him is just to hold up an end and yeah. just to keep <clears> things <throat> going and just help help the seamers rest and rotate. Whereas, like you said, you need that. You need someone who's going to step up and. I think yeah, it's a good point. I think also like, well, as a, as a batter, is like you know top of the batter watching him bowl to top of the batters it feels like they can at any time they want they can hit him out of attack mm. but because the test match doesn't require that they just play and just bat through time but it feels like anyone he bowls at if they ever want to turn it on they'll just be like all right well you're done and that's what australia did right in the ashes as soon as he came on mm. they just went after him but it feels like whoever he bowls at they're just like okay, we're not challenged, we'll just get through because we're trying to bat time or whatever. But if we want to, we can take you for six on and over without any trouble. Was he our spinner when Axar Patel ripped us to pieces? Yeah. It, was, it was, well, Leach and Bess, I think it was, in yes. India when... Yeah. Um, Pant. When Pant, yeah, absolutely smashed him to all ends, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And do you know, one of the reasons why, and I don't know if you guys have read it this week again or not at the weekend, Moen Ali's name came up again in terms of coming back. And I feel like that says a lot about current spinners, i.e. Jack Leach and Don Best. And we, this will this be what, Moen's third return, if it happens, which I don't, I'm not sure if it will. But <clears> one of their first just, conversations is go speak to Moen. Like, like what <laughs> they've done, like, new management, all of that. But what, what does that tell you as your, of your current spinners? That they're probably just thinking, you know, there's a better guy out there who doesn't want to play test cricket than the current crop that we've got. Um, I think I think the fact that, that if that conversation took place, I think speaks volumes of current bowlers. You got Mo, Mo, Mo and um, Rashid England's two best spinners, probably not. Neither of them want to yeah. play. Yeah. yeah, I think Rashid does though. I think he's he's come out and said that he does want to play. I, I really? think I think it's more so. I just don't want to play county cricket to get to test yeah. cricket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I'm sure was the same thing. But to be fair, to Brennan McCullum, I think he came out and said, "I've spoken to them." And I want them to play, but they've got to work hard to get in this side. They're going to have to go through that pain, which I think is a brilliant thing to say and 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 mm. and, and, and believe in. So, um, I still think you're, if we were playing in Southampton tomorrow or Manchester, 
test match, I would want them to bowl in. Yeah. I think they're the, they're the best spinners in the country. Interesting. So moving ourselves on to people who have made the side and one that really jumps out for me for non-biased reasons uh, is Harry Book, uh, someone who scored 840 runs in the county championship at an average of 140 um, at a strike rate of 75.6. Did you say uh, 140 average? Average of 140 in nine innings. It's got to play, average. right? Yeah. He's got he's got to play on Thursday. So in his in his nine innings, he's scored three hundreds and five fifties. Someone who has always had the talent and has been uh, tipped for big things at Yorkshire and really had a breakout year last season. Really kind of shot onto the national scene in the hundred um, and in the T twenties of all things. And and Brooke also carrying on where he left off with the in the T20 so um in the blast uh, some unbelievable hit in the other night um I saw and yeah it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on but again another batsman who can probably bat 4 5 6 7 is that really what England need right now so i think they've come out said Root's going to bat 4 right and Stokes about 6 is that right? So it's five, yeah. it's three, three, five, and seven. I suspect, I hope they go with folks as a keeper seven. They got to. Yeah. Yeah. Got to. I, I hope, uh, five. Well, who would you pick? Brooke. If you had to pick one uh, to bat five, yeah. Brooke or Bester? Knowing that, probably Pope, probably about three. Well, that do might you, be it, I, or, do, or do you put Brooke three, maybe? I don't where, know. Where does he bat for Yorkshire? Is he bat three or four for Yorkshire or five? Uh, four. Sorry, sorry to put on the spot. Four. If you if you bats four, then he'll probably bat three, and that bears so five. But that means you got Pope, Pope going. That's you. Bester had a pretty good finish to the test year, didn't he? he was oh, he's got a yeah. So it's a tough call, really. But then you got Crawley. Crawley's going to open the batting with who? Lees. Lees. Unless they make Pope open the bat. It's not really not a forward sure, move, is it? Surely not. He bats five for Surrey, doesn't he? Yeah, I know. It's just... Uh, he's, he's, an, the short one, yeah. he's an odd one, right? Because he hasn't... Like, I was a big Pope fan when he came in. Mm. I was like, when are you going to score runs? And yeah, he just looks very, like... I don't know. Tense every single time he bats. And I've never seen him be fluent. Um, we, we talked about that, didn't we? Very fidgety. Um, during the Ashes uh, pod, didn't we? Yeah, mm-hmm. seemed like he was trying trying to do a lot. Yeah, so I think. Agree with that. Yeah, so I think so. The decision is going to be where does Brook play? Where does I, they can't not play Brook? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has to play because if you average one hundred and forty, you're never going to be in better touch to play no. cricket. And and I think it's quite interesting as well is the fact that he's he's played in franchise cricket, right? I think he's been he's been the PSL, he's been obviously hundred and the T Twenty as well, most of hundred in PSL. So it would have been a small thing, right? But he would have been around international players mm. and big scenarios and big scenes and big crowds. So he has got that experience. Because that's one thing they talk about, isn't it? When somebody new comes in is can they cope with the pressure of crowds and, and test mm. uh, to be around international players? So he's got the exposure already. And yet, when you're averaging 140, if he doesn't play to, on Thursday, something's all right. Yeah, so he's played most of this season, Brooke at four and at five. Um, obviously above him, he's got David Milan, 
and also Adam Lythe. And they've also, Yorkshire have had Karuna Ratner from Sri Lanka playing for them this year. So, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the thing is, though, is do you want to bring, when someone's on debut, do you want to kind of put them in a position where they may be uncomfortable? You know, if they hadn't made the they've got to. Mm. Then Root probably would have batted three and he would have batted four. Mm. But they've already yeah. come out and just said that he'll bat four. So now they've got to build a team around the fact that Root's batting four. When he's in batsman, you probably have to do that. Do you think that's the right thing to do? To come out before picking a squad, just when your captain's announced to say, this guy will bat this position? No, probably not. Because he's going to be scoring runs. You, uh, you could have people, now you've got, where you've got people who bat. Four, five, six. I feel you like know, you restrict- you've, got about, you've got about six people to pick from the same position. Yeah, I feel like you restrict yourself, don't you? Once you've said it, then if you, you can't then un- like you can't then go back and do something different because it looks like you don't know what you're doing. Unless you're gonna bat Bearstow seven, uh and folks bat eight. Don't want to play any bowlers? Just don't play any bowlers. <laughs> <laughs> not or, picking each, uh, obviously. So yeah, let's work through it. So England's bowlers, we've got Stokes, Anderson, Broad, Leach. Overton, Potts. So we've got six there and you assume those, yeah, one so of those is going to miss out. Yeah, probably. But they only leave you with four bowlers, no spinner. So one of those batsmen probably has to miss out, really. Mm. I think they might, I'm not sure it's the right thing, they might just drop folks, play as a keeper. As a keeper batter. Mm. Allows, you to play, allows you to play one more batter. Where did, where did base the bat when he got the 100? Is it three or was it four? Five in the, in the winter. I think it was five, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. So yeah, Bearstow is batting at six. Yeah. Um. So England's last test batting lineup got Lee's Crawley as you want two, Rooting at three, Lawrence at four, Stokes at five, Bearstow at six, Folks at seven, Wokes at eight, Overton nine, Leach at ten, and Mahmood eleven. Obviously, Wokes and Mahmood both injured. And Lawrence not in the side. So, what we're saying then, mate, who's going to bat at three is is the big thing with the batting, isn't it? Really, it's it's going to be the, the it's going to be between Pope and Brook who bats at three, I reckon. And then they might go best of five, Stoke six, Folk seven. It's the, just, the bowlers, isn't it? I think Brooke if the, if the if the decision is Brooke or Pope Brooke has to play I know Pope is so like potentially I think even Pope has got good test um, first class average this year mm. but nobody's going to average 140 like that's ridiculous do you, I, I I know they want Root to bat four but I can't see how he how he can bat anyone else other than him at three I you know it's, it's... <clears throat> that's why it's but I do I do get that point though I think you, you ask your best player and he's obviously the best player to say what do you want to do mm. where do you want to bat and if he says I'm comfortable at four I think you just you have to do I think he did it for the team and he you know still scored the runs but you ask him what do you, what is it you want to do and if he says I want about four then I think that's a done conversation and then you just work around it and if Brooks been batting four Four, then he just has to go three, because mm-hmm. he's not gonna. They're not gonna move root for Brook. It's it's gonna be harsh on folks again, isn't it? It's because he should be the mm-hmm. England keeper. 
Yeah. They're, they're short, either a batter or a bowler with him in the side. But I guess if, so, yeah, so I think it, the now moves on to Pope or folks. Because if you, if you go with Lees, Crawley, Brooke, Root, best of five, Stoke six, and then play your best keeper, are you folks at seven, then Pope has to miss out. Depends on what, uh, are you playing Leach or another spinner? Uh, Leach or Seema? So then that's seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Or Anderson. So you assume we're picking Anderson and Broad in the same test. Potts is the one who's rapid, isn't it? You got 70 Semper? Is it Semper? Mm. Last week? Week before? Yes. So oh, uh, we're assuming that they're going to pick Brook. So they have picking, to, you have to. You have to pick yeah, him, and he's and he's and he's got three or five, and it's going to be him or Bersto. Yeah, Bersto's going to play. Yeah, so opinion. there's only going to be a, nobody's going to take his spot. I don't think Pope's not going to take his. So, so that talking means of, are you going yeah. to play? You're going to play one, two, three, four, five, eight, nine. So you're probably going Crawley, Lees, Brook, Root, Bersto, Stokes, and then you, then you've got four bowlers with Pope and Stokes. So you're probably going depends if it all depends whether you're going to pick Overton or Leach. With mm. those suspect, three, you're going to play. I suspect they might go Overton at eight because he can bat a bit, right? Yeah. So folks at folks at seven, Overton at eight. Ten, eleven, Broad Anderson. Nine is the one with they play Jack Leach or Potts. Mm. So you look yeah. at we're talking of Potts. He's uh, obviously the man in form. This season played six matches, ten innings in uh, the county championship division two for Durham, and has taken thirty five wickets already with an average of eighteen point five seven and an econ of two point seven seven and a strike rate of forty he's yes fifty five maidens and he has he's taken seventy seven wickets at twenty six point nine in his twenty four match first class career so yeah he's definitely going to be interesting if he gets on to the pitch so if he gets in it'd be good for him to stay in because England have had a sort of like a line of seamers come in and come out of the side through injury yeah look at Roland look at how Roland Jones hit the scene you know he was meant to be that bloke who's you know and Graham Onions did the same came in was really good got injured um Archer you know he's come in got injured uh, yes. Stone come in, got injured. Curran come in, got injured. Nobody has actually come into the side and played for a consecutive string of test matches. Should establish themselves in the side and then played for a number of years. It's been a test summer, yeah, and then you get injured, or they don't think you can play in those conditions when you go somewhere else and fall by the wayside. So many, just there's, there's a long list of English seamers you could pick. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned it. There were quite a list of injuries as you've gone through them. Archer, Wokes, Stoke, all these players unavailable at the moment with injury, just make, making a massive difference. That England bowling lineup, especially with the ability to change it up. Yeah, I think it's come back. Is that the it's just, it's obviously unfortunate with all the injuries, but you the only people that are going to benefit from that is Broad Anderson because they've gone to Broadland and said, mm. you know, a that we shouldn't have dropped you, but. We've got nobody else to kind of. The two people have been managed poorly for an entire year, going back yeah. to the first test in the Ashes, you know, and before then, um, man management, you know, player rotation. Uh, they've got about everything 
the media and all of that has just been pretty poor, isn't it? And they've or it's been lucky that they're willing to carry on, really. Yeah. I think know, <clears throat> I'll go back to picking the team. For me, for me, I think Potts plays and Leach misses out because I think it's you know how much is it really going to turn? He's not really dominated winning test matches, so <clears throat> this might seem like a silly point to make, but I think with Root, because obviously he can still bowl at test test cricket. Uh, test match level, Joel Root. I wonder if, as a captain, he underbowled himself. And um, I think it was maybe West Indies where he actually bowled more than Leach because I think yes. Leach was bowling terribly. Mm. Um, so maybe he does just by subconsciously underbowl himself. So maybe Stokes who might have a similar problem now, but Stokes might see that actually Root can do a better job than Leach and play the extra seamer in pots because Broad, Anderson, Overton. Maybe a little bit one-dimensional. And the guy, I'm not mm. sure if he's if he's an out and out quick, but they've said he can generate some pace and he's you know he's got some good short ball kind of tactics. So I think I would go with him to play and Leach and Pope miss out. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. If you're going to put Brook under the pretense that it's form, then Potts surely falls into that same bracket, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Archer, Wokes, and Mahmood, cool. Wood, and Wood. Stone. Stone. <laughs> I've, I'd add a list of it, but I'm just like flicking Karen. between so many pages on my phone. Yeah, the list is endless. Um, but let's move ourselves on to the New Zealand squad. The World Test Champions, as we've mentioned, and they've not had the best of starts with their tour games. They uh, drew their first tour match against Sussex at the county ground at Hove. And then they lost their second against the first class counties, 11. They lost by seven wickets. The squad that New Zealand have brought, captained by Kane Williamson, is Tom Blundell, Trent Bolt, Devon Conway, Colin de Grandholm, Cameron Fletcher, Matt Henry, Carl Jameson, Tom Latham, Darrell Mitchell, Henry Nichols, Ajaz Patel, Tim Southey, Neil Wagner, Will Young and the reserve Michael Bracewell. Is that the evergreen Will Young? <laughs> it is. I was wondering if you'd bring something up like that. <laughs> well, Trent Bowles are playing, right? Because he's now back from the IPL. So I don't think he's been ruled out. Um, and who's the other one that's, I think it's Matt Henry who's injured. So I think those two bowlers aren't going to be playing this week, which is good because I think Bolt will just gonna clean them up. Is this just so, the first uh, test that you think? Yeah, first touch. I think it's because obviously he's been bolts been out in the IPL, so I think he only gets back today or tomorrow. So I don't think he's going to play. The one, the one player on that side I do like is, is Jameson. I think yeah. Carl Jameson. Um, he offers you a bit uh, of everything, doesn't it? Yeah, um, he's got to be up there in terms of the best upcoming all rounders with Cameron Green for um, for Australia. These two. The players aren't they? I'm really yeah. probably have more with the bat, but they're just slightly the other way on of each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's a really st- awkward to face as well. Really awkward. Yeah. So it's a pretty steady, pretty steady side apart from that. And obviously, we know Devon Conway. Conway, he mm. just scored runs for fun, didn't he? Last time he was here, yeah, he did, didn't he? He really broke out of that, didn't he? I, um, Colin de Grandon seems to be someone who's a bit up and down, doesn't he? Mm. Great hair. Yeah, last time great. I was about to say, fantastic yeah. hair. Proper hair, that wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It'll be interesting to see if they play a spinner. I doubt they would. Ajaz Patel. Just looking at the side here, I think, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see who comes in for Bolt. They're not the youngest side. Yeah, I think Saudi, Wagner. They have only got one, two, two, three players in that squad under 30. All of those, uh, two of those are 29. One there, Carl Jameson, 27. Yeah, 27 is the youngest player in that squad. So they're really, they're, they're an experienced side. Quite a lot, though, when it's mostly the squad from what an experienced squad obviously won the test. They've all been around for a little bit now. But yeah, it's quite an aging side. Yeah, don't know how many of these is probably the last doors of England. A few of these are going to make. I would have thought. Got Neil Wagner's thirty six now. Sadie's thirty three. Neil Wagner's thirty six. He's thirty six. Yeah, still bowling bumpers at thirty six, man. All he does. Know, Trent, Trent Bolt's thirty two, but you probably looked at that. All the batters are probably in that prime age of early thirties. You know, that's mm. you know thirty, thirty one, thirty two is when you know with those sort of that age is when you're supposed to supposed to score your most runs, isn't? It? <laughs> Really isn't that, understand is, your game. Isn't that the best like opportunity for England batters to be facing an aging bowling attack to really kind of change Stop the kind of luck? Yeah. yeah, change the luck yeah. and, and you know bat luck. So I can imagine the conversation is going to be take these old guys into their fifth or sixth spells. Yeah. Um and then bat long because I think that's when you're cashing. Yeah. You would have thought um, that they'll probably go short, but you never yeah. know fitness is different these days. The age isn't what it used to be. Yeah, true. Very good point. Well, look at our two seamers. That doesn't mean anything, does it? It's so, hypocritical to say that they've got an Asian seam attack. Yeah. It's a very good point. Looking at this New Zealand squad, where do you think, and I know this is quite a strange question to ask given that they're World Test champions, but where do you think is the weakness and where England need to exploit if they're England to stand a chance of winning this Test series? If you, probably if you can get into the top or down early if you can get through their top three early New Zealand you probably stand but if you let any of the you know one or two of those top three dig in then everyone else will just bat around it so you that will put the pressure on this they're gonna, they've got a good bowling attack haven't they so they're going to put if you can say Conway if you can say Williamson out and that'll put a lot of pressure on really. but they're back quite deep if I remember correctly I think Conway scored most of the runs last year didn't he the mm. last time they were here I think I remember that he um he was a big wicket. Whenever you got him, you can get through the rest or they tend to just get through the rest. And I think he's got a double 100 and he's got a 100 and he's got like an 80 or 90. So he's got some big runs. Um, yeah. So you're absolutely right. I think you, the the sooner they get past Williamson, the better that team's going to be. I think if they can get the middle order to be facing the newish ball, then that's going to be the challenge. Mm. Who are going to be the key men uh, for New Zealand in this test series? My three would be Ken Williamson, Devon Conroy, Jameson, Conway, Con- yeah, Jameson. Mm. That would be my three. Saudi will always, yeah, Saudi would always be there and thereabouts with the Red Bull, but Devon Conway, um, Williamson, and Jameson would be my three. Do you think that Brendan McCullum could have asked for a better start or a worse start <laughs> to his head coaching career, given that even though it's a team that he's played with and a lot of players he probably knows very well, the standard of the team that he's coaching compared to the World Test champions, do you think it'll be any kind of advantage he'll find in in, in the fact that he knows a little bit about the team that he's playing against? I'm sure it'll be an advantage. Yeah, I think yeah. it'll be an advantage. But I think if you if you ask him, he'll say, no matter who the opposition is, I back my theory or my way of 
coaching and would succeed. But surely it's advantage knowing that some of these players he's played with and and brought them up. So that has to be advantage, right? Yeah. And you're playing against the best 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 team in the world. So probably the best way to find out where you are in terms of you know the level. Where do where yeah. do we come? How far off the pace are we? Yeah. As a side. Yeah, good, what do we point. have to do to be right up there with our own, you know, even playing conditions similar to us? It's almost home for them sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so just to round things up onto our final section. So, as we've mentioned, three test series. The first test being at Lords on the 2nd of June, the second test at Trent Bridge on the 10th of June and the third and final test at Headingley on the 23rd of June. In between the second and third tests, England actually play a one-day international series in the Netherlands, which is a bit of a change-up. But, um, yeah, so, guys, early predictions for the test series. Put your necks on the line, and uh, this is only going to come to bite in the ass later, so uh, good luck. <laughs> you go first, Will. I think we'll lose it, Lords. Record there. Um, I mean, never really, we don't, haven't been starting test series very well on the back foot pretty much early on. Um, weather affected draw, and then we might scrape draw again. We're going to lose one nil. I think and we will some, and take some positives away. I think we will draw at Lords, and we will win at Trembridge. James Anderson will win the game because he always does at Trembridge. And we will lose at Headingley because it will be seeming one corners. Mm. So one all. I'm going for a one all, yeah. Cool. Well, that leaves me to be the positive optimist. (laughs) I'll I'll go for a win at Lords. I'm banking on uh, New Zealand's form, carrying on from their warm-ups. And uh, England with the new coach bounce. Um, then England to win at Trent Bridge and New Zealand to win the final test at Headingley. So I'm going to go 2-1 England and that is super mega foolish. But hey, let's manifest this and believe this into happening, hey? And my next question is, who do you think is going to be the player of the series? Uh, good question. Broad. Because we haven't mentioned him. Could be a great shot, that. I think it's going to be broad. I, I think it's going to be. I think he's going to be horrible. Everybody, <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it. I think it's going to be for New Zealand. It's going to be Devin Conway. I think for England, it's going to be John Root. And on a completely different flip, who do you reckon has most chance that this could be their last Test series? Zach Crawley. Oh, without. <laughs> without a second of Please. thought, straight out. <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> The I'm surprised. The I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised he's got this far. <laughs> Generally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you could have. He, and the grand, and the grand one, because he'll retire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wag- yeah, and Wagner. Yeah, um, Wagner. Yeah. If anyone remembers the X Factor. And final one before we finish, and breakout star, someone who's going to come onto the scene and surprise everyone. Anderson. Uh, you can't look past Brook. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the Brook or yeah Brook. I'm gonna go with Brook. I'm backing him. 
Well, we'll be broke for pots. Is that the, the two new oh, Thanks, thanks mate. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, don't sound the fence. Name one. Pots. Fantastic. So that's... You sure? Pots. Lee's going to be with a shout. Lee's going to cement him spot. Just, I just said it would be a last test. He could be the breakout star or he could be his last test. It'll go one of the other, one of the two (laughs) ways. But um, breakout of the England side, one of the two. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, um, and that pretty much brings the end to it. So, as we've mentioned before, we are going to be doing podcasts throughout the series, uh, reviewing and uh, previewing each test. Uh, we are going to have some very special guests on and uh, some England players will be coming to join us hopefully at some point. And uh, also Andy Harrison will hopefully join us at some point during the series as well. Uh, Rumour has it he's still somewhere in, in the underground. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Or... He's ditched us for the pub. Oh, that's, hey, that's just also group, yeah, that's said, also very yeah. much on brand for Andy. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, maybe if we can drag Andy out of the pub, we will do so. And remember to get your uh, funniest stories in to have a chance of winning the four tickets. Four tickets, one for you and three other friends uh, to the Birmingham Bears versus Yorkshire Vikings match on the 10th of June. You can be anonymous if you want to. Don't be afraid. We won't. Yes. We won't. We won't. We won't dub you in. Yes. He only wants to use his. Yes, this person wants to be, remain anonymous. He only wants to use his Christian name. Uh, <laughs> so we are talking to Domingo from Little Oakley. <laughs> So make sure you get those in to cowcornerpodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, Across all of our podcasts, we've got lots going on with our new partnership with the Warwickshire Cricket Club. Remember that they do have their local club together initiative where you can get discounted group tickets and obviously chance to win £1,000 in sponsorship from Scrivens Opticians and lots of other things going on. They are playing the Foxes on the 2nd of June, the Outlaws, which we'll be going to on Sunday the 5th, their Vikings on the 10th, the Falcons on the 9th, and then the big one on Friday the 24th, Worcestershire Rapids. So... All that leaves me to say is, well done, guys. So that's the first one of Series 2 in the bag and looking forward to the next ones. Uh, So thank you very much, Will. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you very much, Izzy. We got here in the end. Yeah, thanks a lot, James. (laughs) And thank you guys for listening. Uh, This has been another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. Until next time, goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.